0: Okay, so we had uh, stopped at Canto 11, Chapter 18, uh, verse 39 we had stopped. So this is a uh, chapter on description of Varnashrama Dharma. So we will do text 40 and 41. We had started it, but we had left it just two lines we had done. So, Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11, Chapter 18, Verse 40 41, Description of Balanashrama Dharma. One who has not controlled the six forms of illusion that is, lust, anger, greed, excitement, false pride, and intoxication, whose intelligence, the leader of the senses, is extremely attached to material things, who is bereft of knowledge and detachment, who adopts the sannyasa order of life to make a living. Who denies the worshipable gods, demigods, his own self and me in the supreme within himself. Thus ruining all religious principles and who is still infected by material contamination is deviated and lost both in this life and the next. So there are certain things which are called do's and don'ts. Now every place that you go there will be definitely a do and a don't. Now if you go to a theatre you are not allowed to do recording. You see, if you take your camera out and start recording, it's a a crime. Similarly, if you take drugs inside Singapore, it's a crime. You're not allowed. So in the same way, this particular verse is all about what you are not supposed to do. So what is it that we are not supposed to do? So I'm going to explain the verse in a slightly different context. In the material world, what happens? There are different kinds of illusions. Illusions means maya. Now what is the maya looking? You know, maya is always attacking a human being from a particular perspective. What is it? It's lust, anger, greed, excitement, false pride and intoxication. These are the six problems that a man faces. Lust, I don't need to tell you, everybody gets attracted to the opposite sex. Or maybe the same sex. It does not really matter. <laughs> okay, and <laughs> too many wrong things going on. Even the dolls. Oh, who sees? I mean, it's, it is so stupid. But yes, there are people who get attracted towards all kinds of objects lustily. Lustily is the sense of your you know, sexual uh, gratification comes into play. Second is anger. Now this is another form of an illusion. Why does anger come? Anger is always on top of the nose of a people in this world. Why is it? Think about it. The reason is straight away connected to desires. It is called unfulfilled desires. If there are certain desires in this world, suppose you have not eaten for some time, okay, and you are feeling very hungry, and there is some person of your friend of yours or somebody who comes and you know eats your entire meal. Do you know how angry you will become? Have you seen two dogs fight for one piece of bone? It's exactly like that. So you know that desire, I want to eat, I want to eat, I want to eat, is so strong that you are going to fight and that anger will well up in a person. Suppose you don't get another person. Now, there was a video which was released some two, three days ago where this boy met this girl on Facebook and he kept on writing to her and she wrote sporadically to him. And they are from the same town. One day he goes to her. I mean, he keeps on pestering her. One day he goes to her gym where she is just coming out of the gym and tells her that I want to marry you and I want to be with you. So the girl says, I don't even know you from Adam. Why should I marry you? Why should I be with you? And in that instance, this boy started beating her up so badly. Her sister was there. There was another woman there. And yet he started beating her up. And he beat her up so badly that it cannot be understood why he was doing it. What was it that was happening? The desire to have this girl, the desire to be with her, was causing that anger to grow to such a level that he was trashing this girl left, right and center. A man loses his sanity, you know, the normal sense, if he gets angry. You should see how people get angry and they lose their sense of direction also. So anger should not be allowed. Now think about it. Krishna is saying these are some of the greatest problems in the world. Anger leads you to hell. Greed. Greed is so strong that a person says, Oh, I want, suppose a person comes and asks God, God, give me a good salary, you know, I want a job. And then he gets a job. In that job, he gets say 5,000 rupees salary. After a few days, a few months, he sees his fellow colleague getting more. So he says, I want more. And then he demands more and he demands more. And it never stops. Even if a person gets a crore of rupees as salary per month also, he will be dissatisfied. He will want more and more and more and more and more. And greed is exactly like that. Greed is another thing which we need to understand. Suppose there is a problem in our world, you know, during the time of marriage and all, where this particular right is not allowed of dowry and all, and yet people go and ask for dowries, and they try to, you know, say, which family is giving more? For what? You are trying to sell your son to some family? Or you are trying to put a price to him? Oh, I want 20 lakhs, I want 30 lakhs, I want 40 lakhs. It's not a done thing. This is a very, very wrong practice. That is called greed. And that greed could be due to any reason. (laughs) The excitement. A man is so excitable. For everything, he gets into an excitement. Just think about it. You know, you might have passed an examination. You're very happy. Extremely happy. And you say, you know, oh my God, you know, I passed my examination. You'll go out to the market, get some pedas and this and that and distribute it to all your friends. I'm sure most of you have done this in the past. Or your mother must have done or your father must have done. Somebody has done. But what happens if you fail? The excitement is down. And then you say, the whole world has ended. I don't know what I'm going to do. My whole life has come to a standstill. Why? Is it not called still an excitement? You are excitable in the the negative sense. Think about it. It's either this way or that way. You are still excitable. And that is the cause of misery. Then false pride. Unnecessary we have a false pride. The false pride is so very stupid. You can imagine. Think about it. How people think about their false pride in their life. I belong to this community. I belong to that community. I do this, I do that. Everything in the world they keep on saying. And they are having false pride. It's like yesterday I was seeing a video where uh, one of the correspondents of a newspaper was giving a talk on Pakistan television. And in that he says, you know, how much of false pride... Pakistan has that they have got a nuclear weapon he says do you know the population of India so somebody in the panel said yes it is I think more than 1.2 or 1.3 crores um, 1.3 billion so he said yes and Pakistan's population is 200 million it is one-fourth one-fifth or one-sixth the size of India suppose Pakistan was supposed to drop a bomb on India what would happen We can destroy maybe 600 million people. Maybe. But what happens to the rest of them? You see, there's still more even if we drop bombs on India. So (laughs) what is the point in doing this kind of a stupidity? Whereas in Pakistan where people don't get food to eat, they don't have places to stay, people are going hungry. Instead of spending money, millions and billions of dollars on these kind of activities, of feeding the population, you are putting the money in the wrong place and that is called false pride. Then intoxication. Do I have to describe intoxication? People get intoxicated with anything in the world, whether it is liquor, wine, women, you name it, anything in the world, people get intoxicated with money. How much money they have? What is it that they own? So this is again another problem. Now what happens when these illusions bites a person? The man's intelligence, the leader of the senses is extremely attached to material things which is bereft of knowledge and detachment. When all these problems come in the picture how many I said? Lust, anger, greed, excitement, false pride and intoxication. When this comes and catches hold of a person he loses his knowledge and he loses his Detachment. He gets attached to every object in the world. Think. What does he do? He is attached to everything which he is not supposed to be. He is intoxicated to that level that he doesn't even know that he is getting attached to objects. And this is a very dangerous thing. Knowledge. Knowledge goes away. A person becomes completely bereft of knowledge. Look at it. When two people are fighting with each other, okay, there is an argument going on. Do you really think knowledge exists over there? Do you know what two people, when they fight, what they do? They will always try to find faults with the other person. So if there is a man and a woman, the man will say, You told me like this, that day, on that particular year, in that year. And the woman will say, You don't know, you told me before that also. I mean, what is this use of keeping on, you know, flogging the dead horse, as they say? There's no point. So it is important not to get into all these states. He, who adopts adopts the sannyasa order of life to make a living, who denies the worshipable demigods, one whose own self and the supreme lord within himself. So, what happens to this person? This person who has got lust, anger, greed and so on and so forth, he goes away from sannyasa. goes away. Completely is going away from sannyasa. And then what happens? He denies the gods. Denies. Denies means he doesn't give attention to the gods. Now this term can be misused when a person says, denies means what? That he is not praying to go and... Suppose his devata is Shivji or Vishnu or somebody like that. He is not going to pray. No, it doesn't mean that. Denies is very, very clearly something which you should understand. He denies the demigods, worshipable demigods. One example of intoxication I will give you. When a man is sitting with a glass of liquor, he keeps on drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking. Does he pay attention to what he is eating? No. He doesn't eat most of the time. He is only eating those, you know, the churmur that is lying around over there. Like, uh, what do you call this? Chakna we call it in Mumbai language, you know. He is only interested in eating the, the grains that are there, the chips that are there, some nonsense he keeps on eating. But is he really paying attention to his... Stomach? No. Intoxication takes a man's mind away. Think about lust. When a man becomes lusty, does he remember? You know, does he remember that he has children, that he has a wife, he has a husband, or whoever it is? Does a man even remember that? No. So what happens? they do not respect the demigods these are called the demigods who are the demigods demigods are not some Shivji and parvati and vishnu and brahma no they are inside of the human being they're inside of the human being and they are the different parts of your being they represent different parts of being so when anger strikes you know your mind says Beat that person up. help with him. Give him this. Give him that. At that point in time, can your good self shine? No. It doesn't shine. It's a demigod. And this demigod is ill-treated by you. That is why he says, this Brahmin, this particular person, doesn't worship. And his own self, the self that is him. He treats himself so badly. Think about it from one perspective like I was talking about success and failures. When a person fails in life, what does he do? you know what he does? He blames himself. He blames the whole world and then he says, I am the most miserable person on earth. I am most unlucky. I don't deserve. God is not kind to me. Do you know how many things this person talks? failure or success is always like this. And this is where you deride your own self which is the supreme God himself. The God inside of you, you make it feel like a miserable person. What kind of a misery the person goes through? The person goes through the misery of blaming himself, blaming everybody. Keeps on saying that, you know, I am not worthy of this life. You know, nobody cares for me. The whole world is like this and keeps on deriding and berating himself to that level that he says, now I am depressed. I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe I'll go and commit suicide. What? Suicide is the answer? It's a stupid thing might have happened. Either you don't have a job, you don't have much, you don't have you know some good ranks it could be anything and is that the cause for all this nonsense this is one thing which you should understand do not deride yourself so he what does he do he denies his own self and the supreme lord within himself thus ruining all religious principles he ruins all religious principles what are the religious principles So many principles we have studied right from the beginning. He ruins them. He says, you know, I am incapable. I am not this. I am not that. Everything. Who is still infected by material contamination is deviated and lost in his life and the next. So such a person who doesn't follow these principles gets lost in these six problematic areas like lust, greed and all that. Such a person loses track of himself in this life and the next lives as well. He may be a person of the highest order of sannyasa. So even if there is a devotee of the highest order, this person can get deluded by Maya and can fall so much into negative areas that he will lose in this life And the next, and the next as well. Why does somebody have to get into this? So do not get into this. The main religious duty of a sannyasi is equanimity and non-violence. Whereas for a vanaprastha it is austerity and philosophical understanding of the difference between the body and soul are prominent. The main duties of a householder are to give shelter to all living entities and perform sacrifices. And the brahmachari is mainly engaged in serving the spiritual master. So there are four kinds of things that are mentioned over here. Let us see them one in the order. What a person, remember a Sannyasi is a person who has given up, right? A person who has left his material worldly order, has gone to the vanaprastha, after that taken a Sannyasa, Somebody who has given up, renunciate. A person understand who renunciation? That is the word. What he is supposed to do? He needs to have equanimity of mind. He cannot get you know, from here to there. Left, right, left, right, left, right. He cannot do that. He cannot bother about the heat. He cannot bother about the cold. I am feeling very cold. I cannot go there. No. I am feeling very hot. No. You cannot. So you cannot be having this kind of a yo-yo in your mind going on. You have to have equanimity of life. Second one is non-violence. A person has to be non-violent. A sannyasi can never be violent in his life. A sannyasi is not allowed to go and fight any wars. A sannyasi is not allowed to go and stand for elections. You know in India how many sannyasis are standing for elections? And they call themselves sannyasi. I don't understand whether it is sannyasi or what you are not allowed this verse says very clearly first and foremost you cannot become non-violent you know you cannot become violent you have to be non-violent what is a vanaprastha? the second category is a vanaprastha somebody who has left the material world and gone away now this particular person has austerity and philosophical understanding what is austerity? he has to be an austere human being everything has to be frugal everything has to be simple everything has to be what is required only that much he cannot keep you know stuffing things up in his world he cannot say oh i need to have this i need to have that i need to have that and i need to have that no a vanaprastha can live on one one pair of dhoti or maybe one pair of trousers or two pairs at the most philosophical understanding he has to have philosophical understanding philosophical understanding is he has read so many books he has studied under his spiritual master He needs to have philosophical understanding. So sadhana is a must. So for a Vanaprasthashrama, sadhana is a must. The third one is the difference, understanding between the body and the soul are prominent. So this person is supposed to know what is the difference between body and soul. Then the next person is called a householder. What is a householder supposed to do? He is supposed to give shelter to all living entities And perform sacrifices. Shelter to living entities. If a man and a woman are fighting in a house. Or the mother-in-law, daughter-in-law is having a problem. Or one woman cannot stay with another woman. One man cannot stay with another man. What shelter are you giving? In the same house there are so many divisions. Can you imagine the number of divisions that are there? In a house, now there is a grandfather, grandmother, there are parents, there are children, and the children, one of them might be married. Think about it. If this is the scenario where the daughter-in-law of the house doesn't care damn about the mother-in-law, the mother-in-law has her own mother-in-law, remember? She doesn't give a damn about her, and that woman is suffering very badly from dementia or whatever. What can you do? If there are these kind of divisions where the son says, you know, why should I pay so much? My other brother is giving so much. He is earning so much. These kind of divisions that are there in the family are not correct. So where can you say that a man is staying in a decent way? He is doing anything which is related to, you know, staying in harmony with people. He doesn't. So, first and foremost, a household is supposed to take care of other people and perform sacrifices. Do things which are necessary in this world. Performing sacrifices, even a matter of, you know, a simple sacrifice, you will see in your own house. Your mother will give you food. She may not eat. That can also be termed as a sacrifice. Sacrifice in the material world means we can definitely give what we have to other people. Even if we don't have. Do you get the point? See, suppose if you have two pairs of jackets and there is somebody who is suffering from cold, you know, is feeling cold. You can definitely pass on your jacket to that person. That is called a sacrifice. I think you understand these terms. And brahmachari is mainly engaged in serving the spiritual master. Now, who is a brahmachari? A brahmachari is a person who doesn't get married. Correct? Correct? person has given up this particular life, that they will not get married. Such a type of a person is called a Brahmachari or a Brahmacharini. Both these types of people, they are supposed to be mainly, the main task is supposed to be engaged in service to the spiritual master. So, these are the things that we need to understand. A householder may approach his wife for sex only at the time prescribed for begetting children. Otherwise the householder should practice celibacy, austerity, cleanliness of mind and body. Satisfaction in his natural position and friendship towards all living entities. Worship of me is to be practiced by all human beings regardless of social and occupational divisions. This is a good words for a householder. Somebody who is still living in the material world, who is still living and earning his livelihood. He is called a householder, taking care of people around this person is a householder. A householder can also be a devotee, by the way. Not that he cannot be. What is a householder? A householder can have relations with his wife or or a wife with a husband only when it is the right time, when it is perfect timing or whatever is needed, when they want to have children. But when you go towards lust, When you lose your mind, whereas, oh, I want to have sex every single day of my life. No. You are becoming like an animal. That is not what is expected out of human beings. You may say, you know, that, okay, in, in the human nature is like this and we are used to this. No, it is not like that. So you have to curb your senses. You should practice celibacy. Whenever he is not doing all this, he needs to be a celibate. That means he has to avoid all these kind of activities. Austerity, cleanliness of mind and body, very, very important. Satisfaction in his natural position means what? I want more, more, more. No, that's kind of words you cannot use. You should be satisfied with what you have got. Man is always dissatisfied, no? But a householder should be satisfied with what he has got. Friendship towards all living entities. But you cannot have enmity against any person in this world. A householder is not supposed to have enmity with anybody. You cannot keep on fighting. You cannot keep on you know, calling names or you know, beating up people. Those kind of things should not be done. Worship of me is practiced by all human beings regardless of social or occupational divisions. Every person in this world worships a divine lord. Even an atheist, you know, atheist may say, I am not worshipping any God, I don't believe in any God. What he doesn't understand is, God is not only described in one particular way. Can you just go and tell those people not to shout? I am sorry, there are some people outside the room which are shouting. I am in a hotel room, so... You'll have to excuse these uh, entire disturbances that are there. Just tell them to keep their voices down. Alright, so we will move to the next verse. So Krishna says, everybody, including an atheist, atheist may not serve the God, but he is definitely supposed to not, you know, he is definitely serving himself, isn't it? When he says, I want to study well, I want to do this, I want to do that. He is serving the God within himself. Correct? That God within himself is also very important. Alright? One who worships me by his prescribed duty, having no other object of worship. And one who remains conscious of me at present in all living entities, achieves unflinching devotional service unto me. So, one who worships me. By his prescribed duty. So there are duties prescribed. You know, people have this very weird thinking. That they can do whatever they feel like while worshipping God. Uh, Let me give you an idea about worshipping God. Worshipping God can be done in three ways. It is sattva, it is rajas and it is tamas. Worshipping God, praying to Him can be done in these three methodologies. Satviguna. Guna, those who are the Satvik kind, they will do all kinds of prayers, sing songs, do all kinds of beautiful stuff. The same if you look at Rajasik Guna person, a Rajasik kind of bhakti, that person says, Oh, you know, I gave 5 kg of gold to Tirupati Balaji. Wow. You are given 5 kg of gold as if Palaji is going to eat gold. Nothing like that is ever going to happen. And yet he keeps on telling, I gave so much of donation. I gave so much of charity. I went to this place. I went to that place. I went to Gangotri, Yamunotri. I know this. I know that. What do you know? I know all the verses. I can pray to God in whichever way I can feel like, you know, I have prayed to him. I sing this kind of hymns. He is only talking about I, 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 I. That is Rajasik Bhakti. Sorry, that is not good enough. Third one is Tamasik. Where the person tortures himself. You have seen those people sticking needles in their mouth and all that. Banging themselves with, you know, I don't know what all things they will do. I'm sure you don't even want to see how those guys do it. Just imagine it is working. One big needle up your... Doesn't it... Yuck it sounds like. One sword is passed from year to year. It is the stupidest thing on earth. And yet they say I am the greatest Bhakti of all. Bhakti is loving kind. Sattvic kind. Not the tamasic kind. Some people will say you know. I do this for you. I do that for you. I am willing to die oh my god you know I am willing to die for you better to sing that song from you know Robin Hood I am willing to die for you you know that song no mm. so <laughs> so think about it what are you willing to die for God that is the stupidest thing on earth you know, that God is telling you sabse bada to pannega. God is not even interested in your in your stupid life okay so, or, I love God so much that I am doing this for Him. I, what do you mean by this and that for Him? When you cannot be nice to His creation, think about it. A person says, I cry for you, I do this for you, I do that for you, so many things. And yet, when it comes to treating human beings, that person doesn't treat the human beings nicely. What kind of a devotion is that? When you cannot talk nicely to people around you, that's the worst kind of devotion. I'm sorry, that's not called devotion. You are either in the tamasik guna or you are worse than that. To be a sattvic person, you have to talk nicely. You have to be loving and kind and compassionate to everybody. Rajasic kind of a bhakti is another kind. So I hope you understand this verse. So there is a prescribed duty. One worships me by his prescribed duty, having no other object of worship. Why are you having objects of worship around you? Means what? Are a hard bhajena, ye finish karke, bhagne wala hai. Kidar? show hai abhi. You are bothered about the show more than you are bothered about the satsang. Or you are bothered about sleeping, or you are bothered about some other thing. Getting out of this is more important. Think. Some people do it because they feel that, you know, oh, I want everybody to know that I am there. You know, in most of the political scenarios, they have all these people going and uh, putting their attendance for every activity. Attendance, you understand? Attendance. Hey, 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 maya ki gaya. What, you are Khan or what? You are going there for five minutes and going away. No. You are here because you have to have single-pointed devotion. Okay. He is conscious of me as present in all living entities. This person should understand very clearly. I am there in every human being, in every creature. You cannot ill-treat some people. You cannot call some people names. You cannot say something bad to some person. But, you know, when, suppose I have to ask that same person, you were not talking nicely to that person. So the answer is what? That person was not talking nicely to me, so I was not talking nicely to that person. Why? Wow. That is not the answer. The answer should be, even if there is a gutter water in front of you, why are you becoming gutter water? Why not retain, become a Ganga water yourself? Why do you want to become a barking dog when somebody else is barking at you? Do you understand what I am saying? There is a person who fights with another person, there are two people, A is fighting with B and B is fighting with A. And if I ask B, why are you fighting? That person started it. If I ask A, that person started it. If both of you are same, you are both like two dogs fighting on the road, isn't it? So if two dogs are fighting on the road, what is the point? It's the same damn thing. So, the best thing is to avoid that kind of a nonsense. Be your good self. He says, I am present in every living being and human being. Can you be nice to me through this person also? Then only you will achieve unflinching devotional service unto me. My dear Ruddava, I am the supreme lord of all the worlds. And I create and destroy this universe being its ultimate cause. I am thus the absolute truth, and one who worships me with unfailing devotion, service comes to me. So he is telling Uddhava if you serve me through my fellow beings, through all these fellow beings of yours, and be kind and nice and do perform your devotional service, you will come to me. Thus, one who has purified his existence by execution of prescribed duties, one who fully understands my superimposition, and one who is endowed with scripture and realized knowledge, very soon achieves me. So there are certain things which he is mentioning over here. First and foremost, to get into spirituality, you need to purify your mind, body, and soul. Correct? Mind, body, you need to purify it. Your heart has to be full of love and goodness. You cannot have ill feelings for anybody in this world. So you have to purify your existence by performing specific duties. There are duties meant for every human being. You have to perform them. Then you have to understand my supreme position. Always give respect to my position. Don't treat me like some a hut. No, I am not a hut. See, think about it, during the times of Jesus also. The Jews were treating Jesus so badly, though he was teaching them all the good stuff. But when he was asked who he is, he said he is the son of God. Why should that trouble those people? This is not a done thing. Spirituality means you have to understand everybody is God's own child. And we are all supposed to be praying to one God. Then why is it that some people feel bad and some people feel good about it. Some people want to trash other people. This should not be the thing. And that is why he says, you have to understand my position and always do accordingly. Hmm. Then scriptural and realized knowledge. Scriptural knowledge. Those who learn from a spiritual master gets scriptural knowledge. He teaches them about scriptures. Realization comes by your own dint, by your own hard work. Do you know, you have teachers in school, in college also. Do they come with you for your interviews? No. You have to go for your own interviews. You have to pass your own interview examination. Then you have to get a job. Is the teacher still with you? No. But the knowledge is with you, isn't it? So there are people who might have studied a particular subject. Say engineering or economics or whatever, sciences and whatever. The teacher has taught exactly what was needed to be taught and that is called scriptural knowledge knowledge which comes from the books scriptures and all so in spirituality also spiritual master will teach you about the scriptures and how to live in this world he teaches you the way of life but passing your examination and becoming realized is your problem not the gurus problem so don't push it on his head Oh, I need your grace, then only I will pass. Okay, okay. That means what you are coming to your guru and saying, you know, chiti leke exam me likega. Neta, tell me what questions are coming, you know, and I will keep them ready and I'll just cut paste them. Sir, Guru is not your uh, copy master. Okay. Uh, He is not going to help you copy and get your uh, your realization so I have people who will come and tell me no I need your grace I need your help what help are you asking you are supposed to go and write your own examination you are supposed to go and do your own sadhana you are supposed to go and work your ass off so that you can become realized and you are coming and telling me oh please give me realization No, I also can't get realized myself what I am telling you to get realized This is the worst thing. Nobody nobody can grant realization to another person. No God for that matter, you know. No God on this earth, even Krishna himself cannot give realization, I'm sorry. No Krishna on this earth can give realization. No Jesus can tell, okay, now I'll take you to father in heaven. No father in heaven from Jesus Christ also. All the disciples of Jesus had to really work very hard. After Jesus went away, every disciple of his, you name it, they all had to sincerely put in their efforts. You think Mary Magdalene also was a part of his group. Did she have to, you know, do something? I mean, oh, she got the grace of God. know. okay. I said, bless kardia, bola, chalo, tu bhi ekdam khush." aisa nahi Koi bhi ho is dunyame. See, the Guru can take you to the water, but drinking you have to do. So this is one thing which we need to understand. That realization will come to you by a sheer dint and hard work. You have to really work yourself up, called sadhana, vid sadhana. Then only you will achieve me, Krishna says. Those who are the followers of the Varanashrama system accept religious principles according to authorized traditions of proper conduct. When such Varanashrama duties are dedicated to me in loving service, they award the supreme perfection of life. So, there are the followers of Varanashrama system. We have already discussed Varanashrama system. What is the Varanashrama system? Different Varanas are there. Hmm? Different, different categories. And what happens in the Varnashrama system. They have to accept the religious principles. Some people do not want to accept the principles. What do they say? Why? <laughs> <laughs> 50% marks he got and yet he got admission. I got 85% and still I didn't get admission. You are not supposed to look at other people. If 90 is your cutoff, you should have got 90. Means, Did you understand what I am saying? In your category, your category, there are thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people. In his category, there may be few hundreds or thousands. In his world, he is getting admission because government wants to promote him. In your case, you are, you are supposed to be a competitive person. So what are you going to do? So you really have to work hard. And working hard is in your own hands, not somebody else's hands. If you were to judge somebody, whom would you judge? Suppose there are two people, both of them have become somebody great. One has become great because of his power, you know, studying this, that, so many other things, he has really put efforts. And the other person has become great because that person has got the influence of his father. Hmm? Jackie Shroff's beta hai. Woh. Oh, both bada ho gaya hai. And on the other side, you have Akshay Kumar, who was a waiter or some such kind of thing. I think he was a cook somewhere. So if I have to ask you, whom will you want to give your vote for, this fellow or that fellow? You know what you are going to say? I want to vote for Akshay Kumar, because he has really worked hard. And what about Jackie Shorov's son, Tiger Sharoff? Oh, his father has given him everything on a platter. Why should we do so this is how you also will judge that person. Now think about it. Why are we supposed to bother our head about all these kind of things? We are only supposed to look in our own thali and work with our own way. Correct? Not bother usko mila, mereko nahi mila. This is going to create a lot of disturbance in your own mind. So as far as this system goes, do not bother what other people get and other people don't get. Just bother about your own self. Work really very hard. And get yourself what you really deserve. And always remember at the end of the day, there is still karma to be played out. Okay? Sometimes, you know, you may say, you know, I work myself so hard, I want to make my billion dollars, and I can't even make thousand dollars. That could be because of your own karma. What can I say? Maybe you will get your billion dollars in your twenty thousand lives later. Is that okay? <laughs> we can't say about karma anything. So, but your duty is to work hard in this life. Correct? So, work hard in this life. Why bother about some other life? Work hard in this life and don't bother about results. Okay? Results are anyway not going to be in your hands. Kitna bhi maska lago, kuch bhi karo. Results And what is going to come to you is what is written in your destiny. Destiny has already written your book. You can go and do whatever you want to. Nothing is going to change. Did you understand? So, when such Varanashrama duties are dedicated to me in loving service, they award the supreme perfection of life. When you do your Varanashrama duties, what is prescribed to you in your category, perfectly in the most beautiful manner and serve the purpose of God, you will come to the Divine Lord. My dear saintly Uddhava, I have now described to you, just as you inquired, the means by which my devotee perfectly engaged in his prescribed duty can come back to me, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So, what is he saying? He says, now I have described to you everything. Okay? And, after describing to you everything, don't come to me asking, you know, Guruji, what you discussed, you know, I never understood anything. Sir, there is a recording. Go and take the recording. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine during the time of Uddhava and Krishna. Krishna is not going to say, Can you imagine that? Uddhava better have a good memory, you know. <laughs> So, during ancient time, man had a good memory, he could retain everything. There was no recap again and again. You can't go to, but actually, Arjuna actually did recap. You see, every human being tends to forget. And what happens during that time is, the same thing has to be repeated again and again and again and again. It's like going on. Gisthaya, gisthaya, gisthaya. And man doesn't remember, okay? He he tends to forget. And in today's day and age, it is the most difficult thing. You have different hundreds of apps on your phone, okay? They are there to remind you. Reminder apps. You know, the reminder app, it will remind you and yet you will say, I forgot about it. Then why have you put the reminder? You know, your alarm is there. If you actually go to see, if you are supposed to get up at 5 o'clock, the alarm will be set at 5 o'clock. I, actually 4.30, then 4.40, then 4.50, then 5 o'clock, then 5.10, then... And you know what you are going to do? You are going to switch off every alarm and still be sleeping at 6 o'clock. So what is the point in having so many reminders in your life? Think, during the time of Krishna and Arjun and all those people, imagine... Arjuna is sleeping in his bed, okay, in which kutiya in the jungle somewhere. And imagine there is a cuckoo which comes and says, Cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. Imagine he has trained the cuckoo to give him a 6 o'clock alarm. And one day the cuckoo says, I forgot. Remember, these lessons have to be drilled into your head at one time. They are actually there. Every person has understood the lesson. You cannot say, I have not understood the lesson. Actually, the lesson is embedded inside of you. But it so happens sometimes in life. We need a recap. We need. Human beings need a recap. You know, in the recap, what happens is, the same thing you are listening to. And you will say, yes, of course, in the year 1947, I remember all these things. But that 1947 keeps on repeating, no? All the time. Have you seen movies which you like quite often? You see, suppose you like a movie. Okay? I like Jabvi Met. Okay? Or some English movie that you might have liked. Alright? Pretty Woman. I am sure, you know, people have gone and seen Jabvi Met and Pretty Woman so many times and they know the by heart so well and the same scene happens in their own life and they have forgotten everything about it then what is the point in seeing the movie the movie is there so that you take something out of it and yet man doesn't take anything out of it in his own life he will come up with a state are kya karu you know that Karina Kapoor from Jabvi Met huh? that Rotlu kind of a person who is sitting she is teaching some children in some place and all that and she has herself forgotten that she was that that wild cat. She was really a person who went and twisted and turned the life of Shahid Kapoor in that film. She's forgotten all that, and she's crying over there Ha! I don't know. Oh my God! You are YC. Nobody knew who you are. And then he says to her, "Come on, give me. Do you have a photograph? We'll tear it up." Ahead. she says, "No. It's okay. we work. we I am sure, you know, you would love to go and see the dialogue. How many times have we seen that? We love to see that dialogue. Why? Because it tells us that we are exactly like that. We need the reminders from Shahid Kapoor. Constantly. We need the same Shahid Kapoor. We may have motivated hundreds of people in our life. But who is going to motivate you? So, to motivate ourselves, we have to go back. We have to get motivated. But not a thousand times like you might have motivated some idiot. You give yourself that much amount of credit and say, So, during the case of Arjuna and Sri Krishna, Arjuna was given a very beautiful lesson during the Bhagavad Gita times and after he gave the lesson, Arjuna won the war and they became the kings and everything happened. Then Arjuna made some big mistakes in his life, six mistakes, six. He married six women. Then he better be reminded of it, isn't it? <laughs> so he goes to Krishna once again. Krishna, please give me a recap. YouTube doesn't go no network lesson. <laughs> and Krishna has to give him a recap of the lesson once again. And that's another beautiful good Gita that is there. And then in the end, in the end when Arjuna and Krishna just about to leave again, he says to Krishna, Krishna, I don't remember, you know, can you just give me one more, one small recap and Krishna says, okay, okay, theek hai. and this time I'm going to make it so short, you know, so he calls it Anu Gita, you know, Anu means what? Atom, so <laughs> the last Gita is called Anu Gita is an atomic Gita, so short, cut, put, put, finish. And when Janagana mana comes, he doesn't even know. Finish ho gayet, <laughs> you know what is the beautiful part of that Gita? Just be your good self. Just be your good self. Can you be your good self? The niceties that are there embedded in you, the godliness that is there, is all that you need to exhibit in this world. Look at this world which is just an extension of my own self. I am everything. Can you be nice to me? Can you be good to me? Can you speak good stuff? Can you do nice things to me? That means what? Suppose you see some poor man, somebody who is hungry, can you feed the hungry? Can you give clothes to the cloth- You know, person who doesn't have clothes? Can you share what you have with this world? You know, many a times you may not have to give anything because you may have nothing in this world. Nothing. But there is a very, very important thing which you can say. Words, you know, beautiful words. Words can really make a difference to another human being. So speak really good words. Words are what created Swami Vivekananda, if you remember. He went and spoke. Right? Abraham Lincoln. I am sure, you know, people still remember for the country and all that. You know, I am sure you remember the dialogues. George Washington's speech. Many might not have heard about this. But in ancient, you know, in the American books, the Gettysburg Address is one of the most important documents, you know, most important speech that is by hearted by children over there. In every school, they have this thing. Why is it important? The words are important. So speak very beautiful and good words to people around. You may have nothing to part with, you know. You have nothing to give anybody. But can you be nice? So, Krishna's last closing chapter talks of this alone. Just be my devotee. Be kind to me in every form. Be nice, kind, cool, compassionate, you know. And this is where the whole thing ends. Then you will come to me. So, we have come to the end of this chapter, chapter 18. We will do chapter 19 tomorrow. And it is called the perfection of spiritual knowledge. All right. I am thankful that I was able to do uh, satsang over here. I am sitting here in the rolling hills, you know. And you can see all tea states down here. Very beautiful place. Unfortunately, I cannot put the camera on that side because it is lit up on that side. And you will only find my, you can see ch- Chitti, no? Only his profile. If he was bald, then he will say, Buddha gaya. <laughs> Okay, so I'll take your leave. You have a very good day or a good evening. Take care of yourself. Bye.